This episode is sponsored by Reroll Dice. Reroll Dice is a tabletop dice brand that offers dice made with recycled materials. If you think about it, dice should be needing less new plastic to make. There's already so much plastic out there in our environment. So my brother and I decided to make Reroll Dice so that we could actually start reducing and removing waste with our hobby. Each of our dice sets are represented by a character to reflect the sort of materials that are used for the set. Our newest character, Redivisius, represents two dice sets that are made with wasted plastic from a dice manufacturing facility. Each purchase comes with a Redivisius character card so you can learn a little bit more about this double-sided character. Our dice sets contain every die you'll need for playing classic tabletop games like Dungeons and Dragons. So if you're looking to play D&D, and need some dice, and you also want to reduce waste, please go to rrdice.com and check out our new Redivisius dice sets. Again, that's rrdice.com. Today, we're going to talk about how to market your video game. Hey everyone, welcome to the 39th episode of the Game Dev Field Guide. I am your host, Zaccavelli. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Zaccavelli underscore and catch me on the occasional Game Dev stream. That's at twitch.tv backslash Zaccavelli underscore. We also have an open community discord. I know I say it every episode, but it really is a great community and we're going to talk about great communities a little bit later in this episode. And really, if you're interested in game dev, it's a great place. I'll leave a open invite link in the show notes. Lastly, I want to point out that this show does have a Patreon. You can find the Patreon link in the show notes. And it's a really, really great way to directly support the show. Um, You get to pick some episode topics or vote on episode topics. You support a third episode a month. And you get a special Discord role, so... Yeah, if you'd like to become a patron, um, you can find the link in the show notes. With the intro done and out of the way, let's move on to the Game Dev Challenge. The Game Dev Challenge is the part of the show where I provide a prompt or challenge to the audience, and they send in their submissions via the community Discord. And it's intended to be like a 15 to 30 minute exercise um, just to get some Game Dev reps in, I guess. Last episode, we talked about strategies for kind of making your game development a bit more efficient, and the Game Dev Challenge was focused around that. The episode 38 Game Dev Challenge was to take a game feature from a game you like or design one of your own and figure out a way to reuse, flip, twist, combine, or overlap the feature to get more content or more features out of it. And so, yeah, we were just kind of focusing on ways that you could reuse stuff you've already made to further enhance your game, um, thus working a little bit more efficiently. And the episode 38 Game Dev Challenge winner is Defrag. Defrag's post is two paragraphs long, so I'll have to summarize it a little bit here. But first, Defrag identified how Maxis in the late 90s did something similar with Simcopter. 
In that game, a user could import a city they built in SimCity, which was a completely separate and standalone game, and then fly a helicopter through that city. Defrag points out that obviously Maxis had to come up with new systems to accommodate flying a helicopter through procedurally generated missions, but they found a way to make it work with SimCity assets and added a whole new element to the game in the way that in, instead of having to like construct cities for the game, you could just import ones from SimCity. Defrag points out that this eased the dev burden and formed a great synergy with an existing product. And I actually, I didn't know this story, and it's exactly what I'm talking about in terms of using stuff you've already made and kind of reusing it um, or overlapping it with a feature you've designed to get some extra life out of it. So yeah, that's a really cool story. Uh, thank you, Defrag, for bringing that up. Um, his second paragraph says... As for my original thoughts, perhaps the lesson here might be turning a dev tool for a game into its own standalone game or game feature. If you are designing a platformer with lots of puzzle-based levels, then it might be worth developing the tool that you use for designing the levels into its own product. If you're already designing a custom tool for the game, then just for a little more work, you might be able to add to it and give your current game a significant feature. And I think Defrag is absolutely right about the takeaway from this. Sometimes dev tools can be extremely fun in their own right. Um, the thing that comes to mind for me is Gary's Mod. I'm not exactly sure if that was a dev tool made by Valve. I don't think it was. I think it was literally was a mod. But the point is that just giving people the modding tools or dev tools or dev-like tools, I guess, was enough to spur its own game that <laughs> led to thousands of other games. In fact, the more I think about it, um, you could think of like Forge in Halo 3, Forge mode. I'm sure that started off as just a way for them to quickly make levels, but then evolved into this thing that, you know, the Halo 3 custom games, I mean, there's still a healthy community around that to this day. So yeah, that's an excellent strategy proposed by Defrag to kind of Put a little bit extra work into your dev tools so that they can become features in your actual game. I think that's really smart and efficient design. And uh, yeah, Defrag definitely deserved the win for episode 38. For the episode 39 Game Dev Challenge, I want you to come up with some marketing materials for a project that you're working on. And I suppose this could be a fictional project. Maybe you don't have a project you're working on right now, but... Later in this episode, we're going to talk about some common marketing materials in the form of text and images and a trailer. And I want you to get some practice making these things. Because as you know, I'm really big on like getting reps in and iterations. And yeah, I think you got to start somewhere. So why not start with the Game Dev Challenge and trying to make some marketing materials. Even if it's your first time, make something that looks cool or some kind of text post that reads really cool and makes people want to play your game. We're going to talk later about how to kind of communicate what is unique about your project. And yeah, if you're feeling really brave, even make a trailer. The point is just to get some kind of rep or practice in on making marketing materials. So if you have a good idea in mind, jump on over to the community Discord. Go to the Game Dev Challenge section and submit your text, image, or video. People will vote on uh, 
what posts they like, and the winner will be announced on the next episode. With the game dev challenge out of the way, let's move on over to the body of the episode. Today's episode is a topic that I think is ignored or at least put on the back burner for a lot of devs, but I think it's one of the most important things for your game, especially if it's a commercial game. Today's topic is, of course, marketing your game, and I know that for some of you, game dev is only a hobby, and so you might not see this as something important, but I think there's value here even for hobbyist game developers. And that's because the goal of good marketing for your game is just to get people to care enough to play it. Whether you're a hobbyist or a commercial game dev, one thing that really stings is when you put all this work and time into a game and nobody plays it. It hurts when there's money on the line, but it also hurts when you just want someone to experience this thing you created. So today we're going to talk about practical marketing tips for indie devs so that when you finish your project, there will be an audience ready to play it. And I'd like to preface this by saying that these tips come from things I've been taught and told from people in the industry, things I've learned just from instructional videos and articles, and I'm currently working on my own marketing plan for my game, so it'll be based a little bit on my, I guess, experiences. These will be tips and things focused on people with low budgets and something that's executable by a single person. Because those are the restraints that I have and I imagine there's a lot of people in the same boat as me. So really that's all to say, this isn't what you would learn in business school or if you had a large marketing budget like uh, AAA. Um, a lot of these tips might not be as applicable to you. But I think for the average small indie dev team or single indie game dev, there's going to be a lot of good information here. So let's start with the first and most important idea, I think. And it's kind of something that I'm guilty of doing. And this is the idea that you have to understand that marketing is a key pillar to any product, but especially games. By that I mean it's just as important as designing a good game or polishing your code, having good art, good sound design. It's right there at the top of the list for most important things. I think a lot of devs, including me, have a tendency to put marketing kind of on the back burner or background and not put as much effort into it. Like if you figure your maximum effort in a pie chart, the slice dedicated to marketing is too small for most of us. And really, in fact, it should be one of the bigger slices. I'm super guilty of having too small of a marketing slice, and it's definitely something that I'm trying to work on moving forward. That being said, you only have so much energy and effort and time and money to spend, so I want to talk about strategies that give you the most bang for your buck, that way you're getting the most out of the effort, time, and energy, and money that you decide to allocate uh, to marketing. So first, let's talk about things that would kind of fall under your pitch strategies. These things would be stuff like marketing materials that are intended to quickly show your game and hook to a potential player to buy or download your game. This usually comes in the form of video trailers, screenshots, or even a good text description. Of these three, I would say that game trailers are probably the most effective. However, a good screenshot and description can go a long way. In fact, you may want to make what's called a press kit with your screenshots and written text about the game. 
a press kit is basically you just writing an article about your own game, describing all of its exciting features, and it acts as a template for games journalists or publications to use when they want to talk about your game. Basically, what you're going to do after you make this press kit is you're going to send it out to all these publications, and most places are going to just copy and paste a lot of the text and images for their own article. Now, the effectiveness of gaming magazines, blogs, and websites is not as good as some other methods. Like, in 2007, it probably was really good, but people in mass just don't really consume game information like that anymore. But I do think it still has value, because it allows you to write out your thoughts and figure out what it is about your game that's different and what it has to offer. And you might say, well, that I have it in my head what that is. But really, when you write out that article, you're really going to nail down and describe in words your features and what's exciting about them. And that understanding that little thing and communicating it clearly is really important. As a dev, like I said, you, you probably know what is the exciting selling point of your game in your head. I mean, you made it. Uh, but I think a pitfall is that you expect other people to see it right away too. And just because it's obvious to you doesn't mean that what is exciting about your game will be obvious to other people. A lot of times, in fact, what you think is exciting might not even be what the public thinks is exciting. Um, but that's kind of a different topic. My point is that if you write out your thoughts in depth, one, you're going to have something to send out to others, and you can use the press kit like you should, uh, by sending it out to publications and letting them write articles about it and helping them write articles about it, basically. But two, you're going to have your thoughts written down and have a concrete idea of how to communicate what is exciting about your game. And what is exciting and how to communicate that, I think, is core to your marketing material strategy. Okay, so I said in terms of value as far as getting people to play your game or buy your game, a press kit on, you know, websites is not as valuable as a game trailer. And that's simply because a game trailer shows more accurately what playing the game is like. By that, I mean the potential customer gets to see the gameplay. This is by far the most important piece of marketing content, in my opinion. Because it's the most important piece of content, game trailers, to me, require a lot of thought. Before I took marketing seriously, I would just take some gameplay hooks and, you know, gameplay clips, I guess, and slap some background music on there and that would be it. But remember that for a huge number of people, this is going to be your one and only shot at convincing them to play your game. So now that we know that, let's put some thought and craftsmanship into our game trailer. A lot of these tips I'm about to tell you I actually learned from a guy named Derek Liu. That's L-I-E-U. He's on YouTube and Twitter and TikTok, and he basically is a video game trailer expert. I think it's probably in your best interest to follow him and learn from him, um, but I'll give you some of the basics that I learned from him now. First off, let's talk about structure. A mistake that I see a lot of people make is that they lead with their company logo. That's the first thing that comes up in their game trailer. I think people do this because they're just emulating what the big name trailers do when they see them. Like if you watch a E3 trailer, they always lead with the company logo. Or if you see a movie trailer on TV, it leads with like Sony Pictures or whatever. 
The problem is, is that big name studios lead trailers with their name because they are big names. People know the names and reputations associated with those names and logos. Before Cyberpunk came out, any trailer starting with the CD Projekt Red logo would draw people in because they were a beloved studio at the time. Kojima can lead all of his trailers with his name because he has a proven track record of making things people care about. But as a small indie dev, you don't have the same weight behind your name. So if the first five seconds of your trailer is your company logo, it does nothing for the person watching. They don't know you, and showing them a logo they don't recognize doesn't really bring them any closer to playing your game. And you know how people say that most people have made up their mind about you within like the first eight seconds of meeting you? Well, I think the same is true for video games. So we want to make sure that the first parts of the trailer start the consumer off on a positive note. So this is where we get into our first tip about trailers, and that's to start off the trailer with the best, craziest, most interesting clip you have. Something that's going to waste no time and draw the person in right away. After that, we're going to follow Derek Liu's basic structure for game trailers. He kind of has this structure that he presents as idea hook content. It's kind of a three-part structure. Idea hook content is the order and structure you want your trailer to follow. The idea is where you communicate what kind of game your game is. This is like the video form of probably the first sentence in your press kit. This is where you want to communicate the genre because that's one of the first things a consumer is looking for. This is not where you show off pretty shots or talk about technical features like procedural generation uh, because the player doesn't have context for it yet. They have to know what the game is before they can care about that. So yeah, in the idea, just establish the genre and just the idea of the game. The hook is the next part of the trailer, and this is where you show off what's different or how the game stands out. Previously, when I've talked about coming up with game ideas, I called it this the X factor, the thing that sets your game apart in the genre. Derek Liu describes it as the hook, and really, I think it's the same idea. What you want to do is visually show off why someone might be interested in your game because it's different than the other games they have played. And to me, I think this is a pivotal point when someone decides if the game is for them or not. If you can communicate what's special or unique about your game in this section, you're going to hook people. And you should know what it is that's special and how to communicate it because you've already written your thoughts out in the press kit. So if the idea is where you give the consumer the basics of what your game is, they're going to, in their head, start comparing it to other games in that genre or games that are like it. The hook is the part where you show them why your game is different than those games they have in their head and why they should try it. Once your consumer has the idea and hook understood, now you can show them the content. That stuff I said before that they have no context for, like procedural generation or really gorgeous shots, now they have the context for it, and now this is where you show them how jam-packed your game is of features and content and good graphics. This is the part of the trailer that seals the deal. The idea and hook intrigues them, and the content seals the deal. 
So yeah, that's the basic structure that Derek Lou suggests and the structure that I follow. And I will say like a lot of things in game dev, it's not the only way. Specifically one I thought of when I was writing this was if your game has a big narrative element, you might want to make a trailer that's a little more cinematic and shows off the story beats rather than the gameplay. But I think for most people, that structure of idea hook content is going to lead to well-done game trailers. So now that we've talked about marketing materials, let's talk about your longer-term strategy. And you need to have a longer-term strategy because even if you have a good trailer and a good pitch, it's not going to work if that's all you got. I think there used to be a time when you could just put your game up on Steam with a solid description and trailer, and people would find it and it would sell. But it's not like that anymore. In 2020, there was roughly 10,000 games launched on Steam, which is about 192 per week. The fact is that people probably won't even see your trailer because it's going to be buried in a huge pile of trailers. So how do we mitigate this? Well, I think one way to do it is to have a community ready and waiting day one to play the game. By doing this, you're going to increase the overall buzz around your game, and hopefully it'll start a feedback loop in the algorithm, where as your game gets more popular, it will chart higher, leading to more popularity, and that leads to more discoverability, which, of course, feedback loops into more sales, more popular, higher charts, stuff like that. But you have to have a strong foundation and baseline to kind of get that jump start. If you just put your game out there and then tweet your trailer, that's not going to be enough to get seen. So we know now that we need a community, but how do you build one for launch day? Well, that's actually a really tough question. How to build a huge community is one of those golden questions that I think everyone wants to know. Think about all the Twitch streamers, YouTubers, influencers, and game devs who would love to know a foolproof way to build a huge community. If I had a foolproof way of doing that, I would be a millionaire. So yeah, I guess just take these tips with a grain of salt. Um, I will say they are kind of based on my personal experience and stuff I've learned while building a community for the Game Dev Field Guide. And some of the information also comes from some other experts, people like um, Gary Vaynerchuk, for instance. But yeah, actually, a lot of these tips just come from my personal experience while building the Game Dev Field Guide community, which, granted, isn't a huge community, but I would say we have a pretty good-sized community that's pretty active uh, and it's a pretty tight-knit group and something I'm really proud of. So yeah, I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit and talk about my strategies for building a community. And these tips will be focused kind of more on how to do it for a game um, and how I'm going to do it for my commercial game. But I'm sure you could use some of these tips and kind of twist them for creating a community around, like, if you want to be a Twitch streamer or YouTube or whatever. Uh, just know that because this is a game dev show, I'm going to do it about a game. But you could easily twist these tips into something like that. So the first thing to identify, I think, is where your community is going to be hosted. And for a game, I think there's two key places. The actual market, like Steam, and a, some kind of communication network. This would be like a Discord or a Reddit. Now there's some other things that are nice to have, like an official website and a Twitter presence, 
but I think if you really figure it out to its core, you have to be on Steam, obviously, because that's where the players are. Uh, but on Steam, it's really hard to communicate and organize, so it's nice to have something like a Discord to do that. And also, you don't want to be beholden to one platform. Discord makes it, like I said, super easy to communicate and organize, um, but you can also do it for people who downloaded your game on Steam or Itch or Xbox Live or Nintendo eShop or wherever. And so it doesn't make you beholden to one platform. So for my personal plan, I'm going to be on Steam and Discord. And now that we know where we're going to build these communities, we need to figure out a way to get people in. I think to get people in, you have to find your niche target audience and provide good content to draw them in. Good content can come in lots of different forms. When you're first starting out, um, good content is probably going to look like dev notes, devlogs, technical showcases, uh, visual effects showcases, concept art, maybe uh, store, so a few story beats or something like that. My go-to strategy is, because I'm active in the game dev community, um, I think it's actually a place that really helps here. Being active in the game dev community allows you to post stuff even if it's early in development um, because you can share things that don't really look complete and other devs know what it looks like to have like placeholder art and incomplete features and test environments. They know to expect that so you can show off things to them and they understand whereas like the general population might see that and say oh it looks kind of janky or unfinished or bad or incomplete. So yeah, when you're sharing stuff early, um, sharing it with other game devs is one, you'll probably get some feedback and ways to improve, and two, they're going to be a little bit more forgiving of the rough edges. As your game comes along more, then you can start to share the more polished content with the general audience. And I suppose general audience is a bad name for it because what you actually want to be doing is finding the kind of people who are into your genre or art style or niche or story or whatever specific thing. A great way to do this is by posting your content with hashtags on social media relevant to whatever that thing is. So let's say you're making a JRPG. If you use the hashtag JRPG, then it will be shared with people who are searching for that hashtag which I gotta assume are gonna be people who are fans of JRPGs. You can also engage with sub-communities. This would be things like subreddits. Um, but just be aware of the rules of those sub-communities and try not to treat it like you're a salesman spam spamming content. In fact, don't treat it like you're a salesman spamming content. You'll have to bring like genuine value to the community and to the people for them to care about your game. So let's say now you picked out some hashtags and you got some buzz with maybe a cool visual effect on Twitter or something, and you're getting people to join into your community. This is actually probably one of the easier parts, is getting them to join or click a link. But what you want is a thriving, healthy, and active community. And this is really where the organization and communication on Discord comes in handy. On Steam, what you're really trying to do is build what's called wish lists, and that just means that you get people to wish list your game, and when it launches or goes on sale, they get a notification that the game is launched. This is about as far as the organization goes on Steam for my strategy. I think building your wish list is important, 
Um, but I think building an active and healthy community on Discord might be the most important. And the way you build an active and healthy community on Discord is by making sure that you're giving people a reason to participate and stay. And this can be a wide range of reasons. You could give away free stuff, you could have competitive challenges, free information, helpful information, just a good general positive tone in camaraderie. The key point, I think, is that you're going to have to put more into the community than you're going to get out initially. And that may sound counterintuitive, but I think it's the right move. The community around your game shouldn't be seen as a place or a source to farm sales. Sure, you're hoping it leads to more sales or downloads or playtime, but you should make the distinction in your head and in your strategy that you're trying to build a community that is for the players, not for you to make sales. You want to build a place where they can share their achievements, give advice to others, make friends, and have a positive experience kind of parallel to the game. In the long term, that's going to lead to more sales via word of mouth and a strong community. Don't make the short-term mistake of building a community that is just a funnel for sales. Having a strong community discord with a public demo or open beta for people to play and discuss, I think is a great strategy to ensure that on launch day, you have people eager and ready to play your game. And that'll be a solid foundation to build on. So yeah, I guess that's kind of just my open thoughts about the strategy I will be going with for my commercial game. And I think it's a solid one, but as you may know, I'm a very results-oriented person, so maybe I'll have to do a part two or a view or something and discuss how it went. But for now, I'm going to summarize today's episode for you. Today we talked about marketing your game. Remember that marketing your game is an essential step to its success and something that should not be put on the back burner. The first thing you'll want to do is come up with some marketing materials for your game. This is just a collection of text, images, and a trailer that are going to help explain and pitch your idea. Put together a press kit consisting of text and images so you can send it to anyone who asks, but also so you have your thoughts written out and organized. Take some time to make a trailer and remember that Derek Liu is a great reference for how to properly do a trailer. Remember to start your trailer off with your best, most exciting footage and follow the three-step structure of idea, hook, content. Marketing materials will be important, but they won't get it done alone. You'll also want to start working on building a community around your game. The first thing you want to do is to identify some platforms to do this on. The two best, in my opinion, are Steam and Discord. On Discord, you'll really want to focus on building a healthy and active community around your game. You can get people in by sharing content in relevant places on social media, For instance, if you're making an RPG, share it with RPG fans on Twitter. And once you have them into your community, you have to give them a reason to stay. There are lots of reasons you could convince someone to stay, but a few examples are giveaways, exciting or helpful information, contests, demos, or open betas. 
Remember that you're trying to build a healthy, long-term community that brings value to the members, and it's not just a funnel for sales. A healthy community will lead to sales in the long term and ensure that you have a good foundation for your launch day. So yeah, I hope you um, enjoyed today's episode. I definitely think whether you're making a commercial game or not, um, there's some good tips in here. Knowing how to talk to someone and tell them what is exciting and different about your game is super useful. I can think about all the times I've been in game jams and... uh, some games just get more plays than others and I used to always wonder how that was until I really started thinking about marketing and I realized like oh their itch page looks really professional they have great screenshots they have video of their game playing their logo looks professional so yeah it's just an example of how you can use marketing not just for commercial but just to get more people playing your games and the more people play your games the better you're going to get as a game dev so yeah i hope you enjoyed the episode um if you want to talk to me about it you can reach out to me on twitter at underscore zaccavelli underscore or on the community discord there's an open invite link in the show notes i'm on the community discord every day you can come talk to me there and yeah it's a really great place don't forget Um, You can make some marketing materials for a project you have in mind and submit them to the Game Dev Challenge and try and win the Game Dev Challenge. If you win, your name goes up on the leaderboard and it's a nice little like notch on your belt of your Game Dev career, I suppose. So yeah, with all that um, done, I'm going to sign off. I have been Zaccavelli. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain and I'll see you guys next time.